Good morning, families. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast episode of Keeping Up with Mr. C. Um, the date is September 17th, and it is an exciting week because next week will be our first real in-person uh, day of learning, which I'm very excited for. Um, in math, the students have been taking a closer look at division this week. Part of our curriculum comes from a resource called Open Up, and it's by this company that uh, is called Illustrative Mathematics. It's a fabulous curriculum, and it's a sixth through eighth curriculum, which means that its rigor is focused um, on the middle school end, which is nice. Uh, it approaches math, though, from a very conceptual standpoint. And when I went through school, and most likely when you guys went through school as well, if you went to school in the United States, we learned through procedural practice. <clears throat> and what that means is that you are given lots of practice problems, lots of equations, and you're going to solve them. Some of them may be word problems, but a lot of it might just be um, practice and repetition. A conceptual understanding of math, though, aims to have kids understand concepts on a deep, deeper level. The reason I love our curriculum in sixth grade is because we have a balance of conceptual and procedural work. Students need practice and repetition in order to math, master math concepts. But they also need an equal focus on being able to explain their thinking clearly, use model, using models to show their reasoning, and they need to be able to examine the work and thinking of others. Without different types of rigor, they cannot become better math students. And that is why I love both of the pieces of curriculum that we have in math, because they offer different types of rigor to the students. Together, they get a very strong procedural and conceptual understanding. That being said, conceptual understanding is not always easy for kids to know. Now, we have been talking a lot about division and what division is, and it's hard for kids to vocalize or explain at the beginning of this clearly what, they, what they're trying to um, explain from their diagrams or even just drawing well-reasoned diagrams. I've included some examples of what we've been talking about this week to better clarify, but this is a great topic to discuss with your child. Have them show you the work that we're doing in class or talk about the homework practice they have each night. In social studies, the students are finishing up their Mesopotamia POTUS 2020 campaign. They have selected a ruler that they think will be a good candidate for the 2020 election in the United States. And they've worked on a small campaign ad that they can use to sway people as a campaign, campaign manager to vote for their selection. They'll also start to work on their session one notes this this week, and I'm going to model what that looks like for the kids. But in social studies, they're going to be having, uh, they're going to have a variety of different sessions. Each session will span a time frame. So the first session, I think, spans about a thousand years. And what they do is they look at three different civilizations during that thousand-year lens, and they have a driving question that drives their studies. 
The reason we started doing social studies in this way is because oftentimes when kids read in the textbook or learn about certain civilizations, they think that ancient Egypt was around and then it kind of died off. And then ancient China popped up and then it kind of died off. And then ancient India was around and then it kind of died off. And then ancient Greece and then ancient Rome. And they they never really get the sense that these civilizations not only were around during many of the same periods, but also interacted and traded with each other. And so this gives them a more holistic, a more comprehensive view of history. In writing, the students have been doing some imitation writing this week. And what that means is we examine a wonderfully written mentor piece. Some of them are fiction. Some of them are nonfiction. Because I tell the students, just because it is nonfiction does not mean that your writing cannot be beautiful. What we do is we dissect the structure of the writing. What did the author do to make this piece so nice to read? After identifying these components, the students aim to mimic the style of the writer and produce an original piece of their own. It's an activity that many students are not used to doing, but they do feel great success with it and enjoy it because they get to see their writing turn out very similar to the mentor. And I am a firm believer in the more you read and the more you examine the writing of the books you read, the better writer you will become because you're exposing yourself to more complex ways of writing. In addition to that, we've also been working with prepositions, understanding what a preposition is, how to identify a prepositional phrase, and starting sentences with prepositional phrases intently to increase the complexity of our writing. As the year goes on, we're going to give students opportunities to learn how to write more complex sentences, and in turn, we're going to expect that those sentences appear in the writing that they do. Um, In science this week, the students have begun a week-long mini-study on a different system of the body, the respiratory system. So they have chosen three different cities to examine, and they're going to examine the AQI, or the Air Quality Index. And the EPA actually has a wonderful website called Air Now, and the students can look up the air quality of cities all throughout the United States. They were tasked to choose three different cities, and we wanted to choose cities that were vastly different from one another, given their geography, location, population, because I wanted students to have variety in their study. They will look at the cities twice a day for one week. Afterwards, we'll talk about any trends that they notice, any changes that occurred over time, and learn how people can best protect themselves in periods of unhealthy air quality. Afterwards, we'll continue to learn about the respiratory system, and they will post their learnings to their Google sites. The students are still continuing to read their novels, and discussion is happening every day. It's one of my favorite things when the kids get excited to read the novels, and they come back and they're excited to talk about the novels. And these three novels are ones that usually get kids very excited. Um, Next week, because we're going to start 
going back to school in person. I'm going to send out a video explaining a little bit about the schedule and what you can expect. In addition to that, on Wednesday, I'm going to send out <clears throat> an update on how, uh, kind of like a progress report, on how your child is doing in the different subjects that we've been learning, as well as how their participation has been over Zoom. I know that right now, because we're not using Aries just yet, it can be hard to find feedback that I've given. And I'll show the students again today on how to find the feedback on Canvas. But I want to give the chance for your child and yourself to know exactly how they are doing. And it's all going to be on one document. Once we begin going back in person, you'll be able to see their progress using Aries. And it'll be much easier for the um, the students to take ownership over their learning and monitor their grades. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to ask.